0: Number two two dash three three seven two, Jose Gaspar Filippi versus Mary Garland.
1: Let me be sure, Council's ready. Are you ready? Okay, proceed, Mr. Hopick.
2: Okay. Thank you again, and good morning, Matthew Hopick. on behalf of Jose Gaspar-Philippe. This is another case about waiver, and I didn't try the previous case. I tried this case, and the real question in this case is whether we waived all issues about future persecution at trial in this colloquy that is, um, I have to say, I tried a lot of cases before Judge Baker when he was in Kansas City. There's a a very off-the-cuff sort of nature before you start testimony, Our argument is that this colloquy that the board says explicitly waives any ethnicity claim just doesn't do that. And that if you read the context more than just taking one sentence or two sentences, that this is a discussion about the past persecution claim and does not address the future persecution claim. And even if I'm wrong about that, in closing, we told the judge we'll stand on our pretrial brief, which did raise future persecution as an issue. I think both of those are problems with the board's decision, um, aside from the board exercising de novo review. This conversation starts at page 112, where the judge starts to ask about the past persecution claim. He's specifically talking about Jose's father taking a debt and the woman that was coming after him for not paying it back. And the judge then asks, but he's claiming that it's on account of his ethnicity or his indigenous nature, or has he? And our answer was no. We submitted that stuff to talk about whether the government was willing to protect him. In context, this conversation is really clearly about the past claim. The, the notion was that the woman persecuting him for not paying back a debt wasn't doing so because of his ethnicity, she was doing, she was persecuting Jose because she's, he's his father's son. But all asylum cases have this other issue, which is, tell me your story about what happened to you in the past. Is that persecution? But also, are you at risk of future persecution? There's lots of cases where people will not meet the first burden. What happened to you in the past was not persecution, but you're still at risk of being persecuted by somebody else or for some other reason. Um, And so when we go to trial and we tell the judge we want to stand on our opening brief, I think our opening brief or our pretrial brief was pretty clear.
3: Can you point to the... What's the language where you think hey, this is, this is where it's directly in front of the judge.
2: So at page 147, when when he's asking for closing arguments, I said...
3: No, I'm sorry, the, uh, in your briefing, your briefing before, when you say, we're standing on our brief to the court on the other issues, where in that briefing
2: yeah, would have start, alerted? Starts at page 157. We say there are two issues. The government discriminates... This is the heading. The government discriminates against indigenous Guatemalans and is unable and unwilling to protect them. The unable and unwilling issue relates to past persecution, because it's not persecution if the government was able or willing to protect you. The the government is persecuting indigenous Mayan Guatemalans, relates to the future persecution issue. And then in the paragraphs below that, um, we break it down both. The first paragraph says that the record shows this pattern of discrimination against indigenous Guatemalans. The second paragraph talks about why that might be persecution. There's this board case called Matter of Salama. That, uh, lots of board cases have said, discrimination by itself, that's not persecution. Matter of Salama said, sometimes it's serious enough that it is persecution. That was a case where, I believe, all of the Jewish people living in Iran were being forced out. And the board said that. It was might- in
1: Egypt, wasn't it, counsel? I'm sorry, you're right. I'm quoting your brief, by yeah. the way. Go ahead.
2: You're exactly right. It's a <laughs> two-paragraph decision. But, We're arguing that sometimes pervasive widespread discrimination is persecution in the future. And then the next paragraph says, an entirely separate question from whether the discrimination against indigenous Mayans is persecution is whether a country which sanctions widespread discrimination and racism is unable or unwilling. I've, I've put the two issues into one section, probably shouldn't have, could have separated it into two. But that's really the locus of the issue here. Because when we have this discussion at the beginning of trial, and I, I respond to Judge Baker that, no, this is the, the, the ethnicity stuff is not about his father's debt. Um, the board calls that an explicit waiver of any persecution claim about ethnicity. And I think the board is just wrong. The board is wrong because we didn't say that on the record. Um, I,
1: well, did the IJ in any, uh, and I'm, I, I'm not sure what page it is of the... Uh, of the record sixty five, did the IJ save this though by saying there's no nexus to any of the five groups? You know that flat statement.
2: Well, he sure did. It's a okay meandering. Yes, it is. Paragraph. I,
1: I quite I quite agree. But I have to but say, does, no, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that. Well, you got the point. Go ahead. You answer
2: it. I was just going to say <laughs> the nexus though didn't didn't make it to the board's I mean decision. I don't think the board directly puts that before the court. Whether there's a nexus, certainly. We're not challenging this argument that there's no nexus between past harm and family. I don't think our record's good enough to make that argument here. What's missing is future persecution. Would there be a nexus between Jose's ethnicity right. and some harm that he might suffer in the future? That's what I think is missing from the judge's decision. And when we alerted to the, the board to that just to say, look, I think the judge missed this, uh, the board did two things. First, it said, you waived it. By talking about how this debt didn't relate to ethnicity and then second it said upon de novo review of the record we've decided that the judge didn't overlook what it called significant evidence now the Attorney General argues that what de novo review means here is that it's de novo review of the argument you've made legal issues and discretion but that's not what the board said the board said upon de novo review of the record our view is that the board overstepped there because its review is cabined to clear error when it's reviewing facts and uh, do an over-review when it's reviewing questions of law and discretion.
1: Um, well, now, let me back up with you. They, they can always renew, re- review a factual finding for clear error, right? That's right. Okay. Were well, they doing that here in that I, sentence?
2: I think by using the word significant, that's what I pull from it, that he didn't overlook significant evidence, meaning they've gone through it and decided what he might have overlooked is, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, marginal. Uh, that might be what they meant. Uh, I, I can't it's really hard to tell from the board's decision but I have to say when they say we're reviewing the record de novo nothing in the regulations allow them to review the record the evidence de novo they can review decisions judgments discretion de novo certainly questions of law um, so I think that's an error I, I mean it uh, Is there enough there for... A lot of times what we're doing in these appeals we're saying, this looks like de novo review even though they didn't say it. Here they're saying it on the record. We're reviewing the, the, the record de novo. So we would ask the court to make a finding that there's not an explicit waiver. Remember, the agency's rule for waiver is that it has to be explicit. That's the matter of Patino decision. And so this sort of gotcha, like we're going to take this sentence from a colloquy that you made at the beginning of trial, forget that in closing you said, we're standing on our brief, and thus it's an explicit waiver. And then also that the board made an error by reviewing the record de novo. Uh, Those are are sufficient reasons to remand, because if the agency has erred and still hasn't addressed whether there's a risk of future persecution on account of his ethnicity, he could still win asylum on that basis, even if his asylum claim about his father's debt is is somewhat moot.
1: See no questions. Thank you for the argument. Thank you. Is Thomas-Norris?
0: Oh, yours. May, may it please the Court, Nicole Thomas-Norris for the government. In this case, Gaspar Felipe was asked by the immigration judge to narrow the issues, to clarify the basis for his claim. Counsel for Gaspar Felipe answered clearly. The, the claim for protection and relief was not based on ethnicity. It was based on family.
3: Can, can I um, ask a question about yes, the, the, the statement? I'm standing on the briefs that yes. that, that we submitted. Do you believe that, that this issue is sufficiently raised in the briefing?
0: No, Your Honor. And I can take, um, I'm going to take a moment to go through the, the brief uh, or highlight where I think. Um,
1: Be sure and do 157, his Heading 3. OK, Your Honor. Uh, the government discriminates against Indigenous. OK, I'll it, start there, Your Honor. Yeah, I, I'd recommend it to you. OK, thank you. But you but proceed. It's your argument. All right.
0: Um, page 157, here. It states the government, the heading three, the government discriminates against indigenous Guatemalans, is unable unable and unwilling to protect them. Here, uh, Council or Petition, I'm sorry, Gaspar Felipe is saying that there's a pattern of structural racism or discrimination against indigenous Guatemalans. There is no argument here after that first small paragraph that Gaspar Felipe is going to suffer that discrimination. What happens is a reference to the fact that it could be persecution. And then what I argue on page 158, first full paragraph, is the meat of the argument, saying a separate question, however, is whether the government will be unable or unwilling to protect him. And I think that final sentence in that first full paragraph says it all. Gaspar Felipe fears primarily private actors. And because he's indigenous, he has little legal recourse when he's harmed based on family. There could be confusion from that; those two pages. Yes, there is confusion. We're here on this issue. That's what the immigration judge did before testimony. The immigration judge had received this brief had received the documents, the filings, discussing uh, the treatment of indigenous Guatemalans and said, uh, I thought this case, you know, this is now I'm talking about the discussion on 112-113. Was this case about ethnicity or not? And in that discussion, uh, there are four main, four main parts of that short discussion. Um, first, you have the immigration, the immigration judge asking, is, is what you fear on account of ethnicity or indigenous identity. That's lines 11 through 12. Line now
1: one. Wait, you went a little fast for me there. Are you on page 112 now? I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'm oh, on no, 113. No. You're on 113, and tell me the question you just said.
0: And I'm on 113, lines 11 through
1: 12. Oh, okay. go ahead. Sure. Thank you.
0: In the government's opinion, there's, there's no reasonable reading of this to just pertain to past persecution. The immigration judge is narrowing the issues of the claim. Okay, but he's claimed that it's a count of his ethnicity or indigenous nature, or has he? That's 11 and 12. Yes, they have just been talking about the debt. But if you see at line 4, we're talking present tense. He's being threatened. This is what he fears in the future. At line 14, that's the next main point. No, council answers clearly. No, it's not based on ethnicity. It's based upon, I'm sorry, it's submitted in the context of unwilling or unable to assist. And that's where it seals. That's where now the brief to the immigration judge is no longer confusing. This element of ethnicity and indigenous identity was submitted on the element of whether the government would be unwilling or unable to protect him in the future when the harm that he feared Uh, ensued, or, you know, he's arguing what ensued. That harm was based upon, in his argument, his relationship to his father. The the next page, 114, the immigration judge asks again. This is line two on page 114. So his claim is based on matter of Costa, matter of LEA, family association. Costa deals with uh, social groups, LEA with family. Neither of those have anything to do with uh, pattern of practice or ethnicity in particular, and counsel for Gaspar Felipe, line four unequivocally no ex- no, ex- no expansion yes, no statement there that we also have a claim based on his indigenous identity um, and so again when you after that discussion, council says, we rest on our brief this is after." Testimony, which I point out, nowhere in his testimony um, does he testify or is he asked about what he fears because he's indigenous. That does not happen. His testimony has to do with his family claim, again, in keeping with the issues that were narrowed before the immigration judge started testimony. So when counsel says to the immigration judge, you know, I won't uh, do a closing argument, we'll rest on the brief. That makes sense with this conversation, that the brief was saying ethnicity, indigenous identity, indigenous Guatemalans had to do with the fact that the petitioner's argument was that the government wouldn't protect him should this harm befall him. Um, and again, this is the chronology matters. We have the brief. It could be confusing. Although I do think with what's there, we don't have a substantive argument for pattern of practice, persecution on ethnicity. Then we have the very clear discussion at 113 114 And when he says we rest on the brief, there's no confusion
3: there. Uh, what what do you make of the, upon de novo review of the record, um, the
0: Thank you, Your Honor. We
3: discern no merit in the argument that the IJ ignored evidence. I mean, it's talking directly about evidence. And why but, isn't that rubbing up against the line? Um, well, uh, the board is
0: talking about the IJ's ignoring of evidence. And I know that that can get something that we can blur, as, especially in, in this type of uh, law at this point in appeals, but the question of whether the immigration judge completely ignored evidence is a question of law that the board is correctly reviewing de novo. And the board properly says here, the immigration judge didn't err in ignoring that evidence because ethnicity wasn't a claim you brought. You chose not to bring a claim based upon ethnicity, as far as uh, future harm, based upon that ethnicity. Uh, so,
3: but but it, it it sort of is a one-two punch, though, right? We we we're finding that the respondent specifically stated it was not based on ethnicity, and even if there wasn't any merit to that claim, mm-hmm. it, that's one way you could read that uh, conclusion by the board, don't you think?
0: Is it? Uh are you referring to the sentence, the bottom half? Furthermore, the immigration judge stated that all the evidence of record had been considered, that portion? Well, I
3: guess it just seems like the, the board is doing a little bit of belt and suspenders here, and I just wonder if that um, lends toward Mr. Hoppick's argument or not, that that why, why have the belt or the suspenders, I guess I don't know which one, uh, if you're not actually getting into the to the mayors. I, I just wondered right. if, if you thought that that sort of one-two punch affected your view of whether or not they were improperly looking at, at evidence and not under the clearly erroneous standard. Uh,
0: it, it doesn't, Your Honor, only in that, the board here is clear that uh, it's saying Gaspar Felipe, Gaspar Felipe did not he specifically stated that his execution claim was not based on ethnicity? And then, right there at the end of the at the paragraph, upon de novo review, there's no merit in his argument that he ignored significant evidence. Which, of course, this is the evidence they're talking about: is ethnicity or pattern or practice. So I don't. Uh, I the the argument that the government has here is that the board is correctly reviewing de novo. Uh, whether the immigration judge ignored evidence. And um, there's, there's no merit because he didn't even raise that claim. That being said, uh, ultimately here, the board is reasonably, reasonably finding that he specifically chose not to raise a claim. Um, I will just close by saying, uh, he chose to base his claim on family only and specifically narrowed the issue to that before the immigration judge. And however, really, however we read that paragraph by the board, the board is correctly binding him to that choice in immigration court. And for that reason, the court should deny the petition for review.
1: Let me see if there are questions. More questions? More questions? Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you for the argument. Mr. Tropic.
2: I'd like to go back to my distinction between past and future persecution. There's a lot of cases out of this court. One is Hassan versus Gonzalez, which isn't in my briefs, where the petitioner made a past persecution claim. I think was about forced marriage or clan violence, and the court found her not credible. So I found she was lying about which clan she was in, but it still granted the appeal on future persecution because the thing she was afraid of, which was FGM, was wholly and separate apart. And the country conditions evidence alone showed that she was at risk. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what we're talking about here. If if we go back to the transcript, I think a page earlier from what the D- Department of Justice referenced, the Are Congress you at is,
1: 112? Tell me where you are, Council. starts
2: at 112, line 11. Okay. To get the context, you read the question the judge is asking. I'd like to, you to explain a little bit just so I can understand the respondent's testimony and context. Which page are
1: you on? Help page me. 112,
2: yep. Okay, proceed.
1: Uh, and, and Line
2: 11 through 12. Thank
1: you very much, proceed.
2: So the question was what's he going to testify about today, which is his story, what's happened in the past? And the entire colloquy for the next two pages is is about that part of his claim, what he mm-hmm. went through in the past. He came to the United States as a child, um, years before this trial, so um, that informs the next page where where we say no. We, uh, where the judge says, but he's claimed that it's on account of his ethnicity or his indigenous nature. We were clarifying for the judge: no, the debt stuff has nothing to do with his, eth- his ethnicity. Um, but it it does have to do with the fear of future persecution. Of course, there's no testimony about it because he's been here for something like a decade. So your fear of future persecution is is based on the record. It's based on, is there a risk, a future risk, that someone is going to harm you? Would it be on account of a a reason under the statute? And we submitted hundreds of pages of evidence about current conditions in Guatemala. Um, So... Uh, I, I think the briefing is fairly clear. I wish it would have been longer, perhaps more, more clear. So, uh, separate those into two separate paragraphs. But he's certainly advanced the argument that what is going to happen to him in the future based on his ethnicity is discrimination and could be persecution under that matter of Salama case. Um, and so I think the board, yes, the board reviews legal issues de novo, but when it says we're reviewing the record de novo and then... The judge didn't err because he didn't ignore, quote, significant evidence. I think the board has crossed the line. So, ask the court to reverse.
1: Okay. Let me see if there are other questions. Seeing none, thank you, Mr. Hoppik, for your argument. And case number 22-3372 is submitted for decision by the court. Ms. McGee, does that conclude?